Hey, Rod Cleef here, host of the Lifetime Cashflow Podcast. If you want to learn about real estate investing, either passively or actively, listen to my good friend Sam Newell's podcast, Recession Proof Real Estate Investing. I promise you, you'll be glad you did. Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm Sam Newell, your host, and it is my goal to educate you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. I interview the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they have learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become my goal to help others invest for double-digit returns, but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession-proof. Welcome to the Recession Proof Podcast. I'm Sam Knoll, and our guest for today's show is a hugely successful real estate investor and business owner. Rod Cleef is a good friend of mine and business partner, and I'm so excited to have him on the show. I met Rod at one of his multifamily boot camps a couple years ago, looking to meet other successful multifamily investors. That's where our friendship started. I really appreciate Rod's passion for business and what he does, but also how much he cares about others and adding value to everyone he comes in contact with. Rod has personally owned and managed over 2,000 properties in his real estate career, and he's a managing partner at REM Capital, a group who I personally have partnered with to buy some large multifamily assets. As one of the country's top real estate business and peak performance luminaries, Rod has built over 23 businesses in his 40-year career. Without further ado, Rod Cleef. Rod, thank you so much for being on my podcast. I'm really excited to have you on. You know, I want to start with why you and I are good friends and why you're one of my mentors. I left a, a, a company last year. I was wanting to get, get into syndication and multifamily. And, and the company I left, you know, is making great money. We were building fourplexes. It was fun. And, but I didn't feel like it was quite the right thing for my investors. And so I, I sat back and said, you know, what asset class and, and what business model can I get into that's the best thing for my my investors? And I Googled syndications, I went on Facebook, and your name came up number one. And And from what I found, you give the most accurate and beneficial advice, coaching, mentorship on multifamily investing than anyone else I've found. And I really appreciate it. So I'm excited to have you on because I've learned so much just in the last year knowing you and benefiting from from everything you do for others. And you're an investor yourself, so I'm excited to have you on. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. I, I appreciate that kind welcome. And and let's have some fun today. So yeah, yeah, uh, it, it, it's been fun to to see uh, and get to know you. And and I'm honored to you know be one of your early uh, interviews on your show, my friend. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited and and I flew out to Chicago to see you speak and and I don't know if you remember this, but I was in the hallway thinking about joining your your coaching program, which I did, which was hugely beneficial, by the way. You know, I said, Rod, you you seem like the real deal, and these people all seem great, but you know, are you guys actually doing deals? Because there's so many people that want to talk about doing real estate that want to teach it or, or have classes and sell you something. And I just wanted to know, are you guys actually buying multifamily? Are you guys doing deals? And obviously the answer is yes, but. Well, you're in on some it, of them, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the fun part. 
but before we get into you about you, tell me a little bit about the multifamily that you guys, um, you know, you and, and your partners and me including have, have purchased this year. Sure, sure. Well, I, I think it's in an, and well, for me, it's in excess of a thousand doors. I don't, I don't know which deals you're in personally. We took an asset down in Beaver Creek, Ohio, 101 doors, which regretfully got destroyed by a tornado. Ouch. You know, we're going to come out okay, but you know, it's a, it's a logistical challenge. And then uh, we, we have an asset in Lexington, Kentucky, 176 doors, really nice asset. We have an asset in Dallas, Texas, over 200 doors there. Again, really nice asset. But just to, just to circle back to that Beaver Creek asset, that yeah. deal, we're raising the rents $500. What? So you do the math on that, <laughs> and I don't even have to do it on my calculator. At a six cap, it's a $10 million increase in value. So yeah. pretty freaking exciting. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the Dallas deal, again, we, we buy value add deals, as you know, Sam. And so we, we look for places, we look for deals where we can force appreciation uh, from our efforts or just because uh, of poor management or, you know, market rents being higher than the rents in, 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 the, in the subject assets. So, you know, the, well, let's the, talk the about Dallas. that one, Rod. I mean, you and I both just laughed about Dallas when we were pitching it to investors and when I was bringing, I'd, you know, I, I just brought investors to that deal because I thought it was an amazing deal. I mean, the owner hadn't even opened the pool in two years, right? Right. right. <laughs> just because he didn't want to fix the gate, the pool wasn't open. I mean, come on. And, yeah. and, and, and so, you know, some of this stuff is head scratching. It's like, what were they thinking? Um, no apartments.com, no online right. marketing. I mean, nothing crazy. Nothing. That, yeah. Those, I was telling some investors yesterday, I just, Someday I want to find another Dallas deal. I mean, the other deals were great. They're out there. They're out there. They're out there. You but, know, we've got to kiss a lot of frogs right now. And, yeah. and so, yeah, we've got some big ones on the horizon, actually, that look really exciting. Can't speak publicly about them yet. But uh, so Dallas, and then we did a deal in Shreveport, Louisiana, not a market I would normally buy in. But this particular deal, uh, the seller paid $20 million for it 10 years ago. We paid 16 and a half a few months ago. <laughs> and what's interesting is the reason that we got such a great deal, it was only 70% occupied. Property next door is 100% occupied. So we know it's not a market condition. It's a, it's a horrible management condition. And that's what it was. Yep. I mean, it was just, it was just it. unbelievably poorly run. And so what's great about that deal, it's another huge home run. Even without raising the rents, if we just get the occupancy up to 90%, it's an 8 or $9 million increase in value. I mean, it's just insane. Wow. So, so, you know, that's what's so exciting about the multifamily business is, is you have the ability to, by your efforts, increase the value, you know, mm -hmm. versus residential real estate where you're, you're kind of uh, relying on market conditions and comparable sales, like with your fourplex business previously, that, that yeah. you can't ramp the value, you know, maybe a little bit with some amenities, but not like you can with, with you know, significant increases with, with multifamily. And then we just closed on an 80 unit here in Sarasota. Hey, congratulations is, on getting that closed. I've heard the lender. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, through you that's, guys uh, do a loop. Yeah, that one, that one, uh, that one uh, created a lot of stress, challenging seller and challenging lender. Don't have really mm -hmm. good things to say about either one of them, so I won't say them publicly. <laughs> uh, but you know, we got to close. It's a super nice asset. It's a 55 and older community subsidized rent, our uh, rent control rather. And the rents only raise when the median income raises, 
Well, the beautiful thing is I'm in Sarasota, Florida, and there's no question the median income here is going to raise. So it's going to be a home run for us and our investors. Um, Highest concentration of billionaires in the country, I believe. If not, it's close. Uh, A lot of money money here. Let's go back to Shreveport. You know, we were just analyzing a deal there. It didn't pencil out, but you know, you, you said you normally wouldn't go to that market. I did. I was doing some research. It's one of the most stable markets. I mean, the population hasn't changed since 1970. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it so it, it's not I, a I, sexy I still, market. Well, there, there's a big development possibly coming in billion dollar oh, development. Yeah. They have to get public funding, but, but if it comes through, that'll be huge. Uh-huh. I, and but when we didn't find out about that till we were under contract on, on, mm-hmm. on our deal, but yeah, you know, I look for low-hanging fruit, and and that right. market I believe is more work than I prefer. But but I, you know, when 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 we ran the numbers and we were able to beat up the seller on that deal, and 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 got another million or so off the price, and at that point I'm like, okay, we're 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 in, we're doing it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it made sense. I I loved that deal. It, it made a ton of sense. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's uh, hey. that's. That, that's, that's top of mind. Now we've got deals again, working in some other markets right now. We're very excited about, we've got uh, accepted LOIs. We're, we don't have PSAs yet. I hope we get PSAs in time for my boot camp next week so we can talk about them. But uh, if not, we'll start doing webinars and do, right. the, do, do the do and uh, you know how you entice investors by talking about the deals and talking about the market and you know, the conditions and, and why we like a particular market. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. No, and and you know your boot camp is is phenomenal. I went to it. I already knew a lot about syndication. I, I mean, I've been in real estate. I'm a broker, you know, for the past ten years. So we've explored syndication many times and joint ventures. I was amazed how how basic you broke it down. How it just made sense. You know, you have a ninety day production plan, and that's how I started my real estate career. I I went to my broker and I said look, I know I don't need to recreate the wheel. I don't need to reinvent the wheel. Just give me something so I can just go to work and get something done. And he gave me a 90 day production plan. And, and, you know, I'm an analytical type person. I love that kind of stuff. And that's what I loved about your boot camp is you broke it down. You explained it. There weren't people there just trying to sell us a bunch of crap. <laughs> Everything you had there added massive value. And, and I think that's one of your mantras is add massive value, which I really appreciate because there's so many people just trying to take your money, you know, so right. many syndicators and, and people all over the place just trying to take everyone's money. And, and as, as a broker, that's what I try to do is, is just add value. You know, I, I don't need to worry about the money and, and the investors, because if I just add value, I know they'll come. It's a proven fact that those that add the most value are the, are the most successful people on the planet. And so, you know, my mantra is give until it hurts and don't give with any expectation of anything in return. And that's so hard. When, yeah. But, but when you do, I mean, I started my podcast. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't selling anything. In fact, I used to say, I'll never sell you anything. Yeah, I'm a liar now because <laughs> once I get, once I hit a couple million downloads, I'm like, Hey dummy, you really should, you know, and, and I loved it. I mean, I, I was yeah. taking free phone calls for my listeners and, and I took, did hundreds of them and there was nothing in it for me other than connection. And, and I loved it so much that I said, you know what, I need to do something. I wrote the book. I gave away 20,000 copies of my book. And then my team's like, hey, dummy, you should put that on Amazon and actually make some money with it. So it's finally on Amazon. I think I bought but, about 
30 of those books for my friends and family, by the way. Oh, thank you, man. That, thank you. Yeah. yeah and you they know. loved it. I've had a lot of people read it. And actually, they're going to your boot camps because they loved your book. No kidding. Well, that's nice. And, and, and see, that's, there's an example of the power of that. Because anything you give, you receive back tenfold, a hundredfold. You know, you want love, give love. You want happiness, give happiness. You want money, give up your time and give money. And, yep. and, and, and or just give value. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a huge, uh, and I, I learned that from my, one of my mentors, Tony Robbins, uh, you know, uh, he, he lives that way as well. And he's, you know, the most successful in the world at what he does. So he's awesome. Well, and, and that's another thing that attracted me to what you, what you talk about is just your attitude towards life. I left a, a situation where I hated the, this, the company I worked with. It was, it was rough. It was negative, And the day that they asked me to leave, my wife was jumping for joy and I, I just felt so much better. And, and now I'm focusing on only working with the right people, the right partners, spending time with people like you and people who, you know, just life's like Tony too, Robbins. Life's too short. Yeah, life's too yeah. short, Sam, for, for any, other, any other way to live. And so many people live in an existence that they're frankly miserable in. And it's yep. so freaking sad. Because, because we all have choices, guys. And, and, mm -hmm. and so, you know, it's, it, it, it saddens me. And, and, you know, so many people stick, stay stuck in fear or via their limiting beliefs. And so they don't take action or create the life they deserve. And, and, and so, you know, it's, that's a topic I am very passionate about. That's great. And, and so let's get, let's get into Rod Cleef. Let's, I want to hear, you know, I, I've heard the story a few times, been to multiple boot camps, going again, not in Baltimore, but uh, the next one, I'm actually taking a number of my friends and partners. Oh, no kidding. For that one. Um, nice. The Los Angeles you, event. Nice. Yep. I'll see you in Florida for, for our mastermind group. Oh, that's but, right. But I want to, I want our listeners to hear, you know, I, I love your story because it's the American dream, but yeah. tell us about, seven, eight, nine, 10 year old rod or 15 year old rod, wherever this, this real estate story really started to take hold for you. Well, sure. Well, let me, let me, let me say one preframe. And that is I immigrated when I was six uh -huh. with my brother and my mother. We ended up in Denver, Colorado. I uh, didn't have much money at all. I uh, grew up uh, struggling. Uh, wore, I wore hand-me-down clothes from the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school. And I remember we had to buy expired food at I remember the day old bread store we'd go to and, and powdered milk. So my mom thought milk was healthy. And, and I know that a lot of people in this world have it a lot harder than we did, but, but I knew I wanted more. And yeah. my mom had an incredible work ethic and with her and she babysat kids. Uh, she, she, in fact, a lot of kids. I mean, we had like a, a, a ton of kids in our house as a baby. She had this babysitting business. And with that money she made from babysitting, not only did she help support the family, but she bought the house across the street from us when I was 14 for about $30,000. When I was about to graduate from high school, she told me it had gone up $20,000 over those couple of years. <laughs> I was, wow. And I was like, wow. And so I'm, I told her, I'm not going to college. I'm, going, I'm getting into real estate. So I, I studied for my real estate license and I actually got my broker's license, which you could do with education back then. You didn't need oh, experience. Wow. They got smart. Now they make you have some experience. But, but my, me, wet behind the ears, literally 18 and a few days old, I had my broker's license. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I put a bus bench down at the end of the street with my, with my picture on it, a horrible picture. I had helmet head <laughs> going on back then. And, and of course, Wait, what year was this? This was you don't 1978. Have to answer that. Okay. 
1978. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I turned 60 in uh, January. So, so you know, I, I had that bus bench. I made maybe eight or 10 grand my first year, maybe a little bit more than that my second year. But, you know, the story I like to tell is my third year, I made over $100,000, which back in wow. 81 was a lot of money. And, and so what happened? What happened between year two and year three? And that's, as you know, a topic I love. Uh, and that is I met somebody that taught me about mindset and the importance of your psychology and your mindset and your attitude. I did what other people weren't willing to do to make money, knocked on doors of people that were in foreclosure. And I listed their homes. I sold their homes. And, and, uh, and it was, you know, uh, I really rolled up my sleeves. And, you know, fast forward to today, as you know, Sam, I've owned a couple thousand houses that I rented long term. I've owned multiple apartment communities in, in, in two states. You know, in 2017, uh, 16, 16 or 17, my net, I'm sorry, never, I'm sorry, 2006 or seven, 2006 or seven, my net worth went up $17 million. Wow. A little more than my mom's 20,000. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's funny when someone is super successful like that, they can sometimes tend to get a big head and get an mm -hmm. ego. And, and, and unfortunately that happened to me. I thought I was a real estate God. I could do no wrong. And mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I couldn't fit my head through the door. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I, I really, uh, it was, it was, it's embarrassing to look back on it and think about it. And when that happens, God or the universe or whatever you believe will give you a smackdown. And that smackdown for me was 08. And I lost everything. Mm -hmm. I lost $50 million. Oh. I call them seminars because uh, they're only a failure if you don't get back up and, and go after it again, or you don't learn. Sure, sure. But uh, it was my biggest seminar. And, you know, I thought I was set for life, Sam. I thought, I thought, you know, 80 million baby boomers getting old and getting cold. I, I was sure Florida was recession proof. Well, yeah, <laughs> we all know Florida was ground zero for that contraction. So, yeah. So anyway, wow. um, what was interesting though, is, is as it was all falling apart, I had 800 houses and I had multiple apartment complexes. As it was all falling apart, my houses are what pulled me down. My, comp, my apartments did just fine. They would have survived if I hadn't cross-collateralized them with packages of houses. Yeah. And so that's the reason I started my podcast was to give that messaging in that if you're going to buy and hold real estate, don't do single family. I mean, yes, you can make money with single family if it's geographically condensed in, this, in a very close area. My problem was I was too spread out. But, but that being said, it's so much easier to build scale and ramp appreciation with multifamily. You can't do it with houses. And right. so, so that's why I started my podcast. Two reasons. One, to tell, my, tell that story. But secondly, because I hate asking for money and I thought, you know, this will be a great way for me to get investors. And it has been. I mean, we talk yeah. about a deal and the phone rings off the hook. But that's kind of a, in a nutshell, what happened. And, you know, one of the topics that, that I get asked about a lot is, you know, the mindset, not just the mindset it took to get to have 50 million to lose, but then right. the mindset it took to come back from that to the success that I enjoy today. Get out of bed. Have a conversation <laughs> about that if you want. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, let's backtrack one second. And, and mm -hmm. here's what I really love about multifamily. I know for a fact you're extremely conservative. You've been through this downturn and, and a couple others. And well, I am now. I am now. Extreme. Well, I was back then too. Believe it or not, I was only at a 30% loan to value back then. I remember you saying that. I only owed 30 cents on the dollar. But the reason, the reason it fell apart was, well, several reasons. One, 
the property taxes in Florida are ramp higher than other parts of the country, at least what I was used mm -hmm. to, like Denver and uh, Tennessee, where I had properties. Um, yeah. And so that, that impacted cash flow. I had properties in flood zones and wind zones, which that insurance impacts cash flow. But mm -hmm. the biggest thing was maintenance. If I had a maintenance issue at one of my apartment complexes, we could stockpile all the parts and I could yep. send a maintenance guy there and, and, and with stockpiled parts, he could fix something in an hour and be in and out. But if I had yep. to send someone to a house that's an hour away or further, I was two hours in each direction. So, I mean, a huge geographic area. If I had to send the maintenance man, they'd have to go see what was wrong because every house is different. They'd have to go find a Home Depot or a Lowe's where we had an account and buy parts. They'd come back and very regularly, you know, if you've ever fixed anything around your house, you end up going more than once. Well, <laughs> uh, these yep. guys are no different. And so what would take an hour in, you know, an apartment complex would take a day or longer at, at a house. And you multiply that times 800. Then the last piece was a lot of my, I had C-class houses, little, lot of yeah. two ones. And I had a lot of contractors in them, you know, jobbers, plumbers, yep. electricians, drywallers, roofers, all these guys. Cause you know, things were going crazy down here in 06 and 07. Well, it was like a light switch went off in 08. Okay. And, right. and, and, and there was no, there was nothing being built, nothing being remodeled, nothing. These guys all lost their jobs. So it was like the perfect storm. But again, through all that, my apartments did okay. And right. so, you know, that's, that's why, you know, I'm kicking myself for not getting completely out of the single family. And I try to convince people not to waste time with single family because it truly, I think it's a waste of time when you see how easy it is to buy an apartment building compared to a house even. Yep. It's, to me, it's a no brainer. So. Well, and I love that. And I love that um, you're teaching that. And, and one of the things that you teach is stress testing. And mm -hmm. most people don't have a clue. I mean, I, I sold 50 million in real estate investments last year. And I would say 98% of my investors don't know what a stress test is. I mean, that that's the crazy thing about this market is so many people have so much money to invest that they're just buying, which, and they're well, trying and to buy well. They're they, they, to buy you well. know, this, because they're not getting the returns anywhere else. Mm -hmm. It's created this, this bubble just like we had in 06 and 07. And, and it's, yeah. and I, you call it irrational exuberance. I will tell you that there's going to be some pain. Uh, there may not, there may be, maybe deals will go back. They likely will, but, but definitely returns will not be what people have been told they're going to be. I mean, sure. we, we listen to webinars from time to time from other people that are, you know, promoting a deal and, and we'll ask, you know, how'd you stress test? And it's like crickets. <laughs> like <laughs> What's you, the stress you're test? anticipating no hiccups at all. Okay. Uh, come on. Is that dosed in reality? It's not. So, I mean, right. like to give you some examples, I'll give you one of ours, which is very, very simplistic. But if our property won't cash flow with 25% with 25 vacancy day one, we won't do it. Yep. You know, like that Dallas deal we were talking about, we've got a 65% loan to value there. And yeah. the deal was good enough that we could still have double digit returns on cash on cash and, and even better on the, uh, the total return because we bought right. But, um, but 60, you know... Uh, we could ramp those returns if we'd have done an 80% loan to value loan on that. I mean, massively right. ramp the returns. And that's what's happening today is there yep. people are over leveraging so they can have better returns. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, it's all about that cash on cash and that internal rate of return. So, you know, yes, I'm very, very conservative. You know, we also hold on to significant reserves like that Shreveport deal. We've got a million dollar reserve there. It's a what wow. just just because fund, you know. If the yeah. 
stuff hits the fan fund. You know, it's a, it's a rainy day fund. The Dallas deal, we've got a half a million. It's just prudent. You know, it, it impacts returns. Yes, it's very conservative, but, you know, I can sleep at night. And, and you right. know, 08 was no fun. I can tell you. I mean, I've recovered. I'm back. And I wouldn't have met my wife if it hadn't happened. And that's how I justify it in my mind. And yeah. And so. Well, uh, and but, you and Tiffany are, are super happy. You're traveling oh, the world. She, I mean. She's amazing. She's, she's a fantastic gal. And, and you guys just, you're, you're a great example of, of an awesome couple. So Thank yeah, you. I mean, there's a, there's a silver lining for you. Oh yeah. But, you know, going back to stress testing, I don't think people get it. I don't think they get why that's so important. And it drives me nuts. And, you know, I panicked last year. I, I started, you know, just thinking about the recession. And, and as a realtor, when, when I'm selling a duplex that I would never buy and I'm getting 15 offers on it, that's, you know, these last couple of years, that's when I started panicking. Irrational like, exuberance. Yep. When, we, when we throw in a, an LOI on a deal, and then we hear that it traded for X number higher yep. than we offered. We're like, what the hell were they thinking? Yeah. And, and, you know, a deal that we think is like right on the edge of what we think is okay. And then it sells for significantly higher. Yeah. And, and so, you well, know, you again, and I submitted an offer or I guess Robert and I, but your partner and I and submitted an offer in Kansas city, 23 and a half million. And we were like 5 million off. <laughs> I mean, and, and we took it as far as we wanted to take it to, to feel yeah. comfortable about it. Yeah. That's, that's like 20% different. I mean, it's yeah. huge. So, you know, again, will the deal go south and go under? Maybe, maybe not. But, but will the returns be there? No freaking way. Whatever yeah. those guys, whoever bought that deal and promised their investors, whatever returns they promised are absolutely not going to happen. So no, and that was a skinny deal at, at 23 right. and a half. It was a good deal, but, but skinny. And, you know, my, my business partner, Lyndon and I were underwriting a deal last night in Tulsa and we had, we were almost finished. It was late. I think I went to bed at 4am last night and mm, wow. life of a, a startup syndicator. But, you know, I said, Lyndon, we haven't stress tested it. And he dropped the, the vacancy down to, to 20% and we're mm -hmm. still positive cash flow down to 25% positive cash flow still. And I said, holy crap, this is a good deal. He dropped it to 30% vacancy. That's when it was about break even. So this mm -hmm. deal we're looking at is break even at 30%. Beautiful. And, Beautiful. And, and I don't think people get why that's important. So talk to me about the downturn and well, you know, 25% I mean, is a little bit excessive, but I mean, worst case scenario, you could have some serious vacancy. Well, the other thing, the other thing, I mean, you know, when there's a downturn, people lose their jobs. Rents don't get paid. Now, I will tell you, though, the beautiful thing about multifamily is uh, even in the depths of the crash, the most I saw anywhere was about a 15% pullback in, yep. in, rents, in rents. So and those you know, are the worst it, areas. Yeah, exactly. You know, again, I'm super conservative. That said, when, when that happens, you know, to, to think that you're not going to have vacancy, to think that your, your gross income is not going to decrease is, is naive. It's, it's silly. Yep. Uh, and, and to think that it's not going to happen is also silly because it's, mm -hmm. you know, I've been through three of these cycles. Let me give you an example. This is a single family example, but it's very telling. So in Denver, I flipped houses a little bit and I flipped this house. I bought it for 56, sold it for 76, late 80s. Okay. Mm -hmm. The market crashed. 
Uh, I bought the same house back for $18,000. I, I still remember the oh address, 3351 West 30th Avenue. Bought it for 18000 back, okay? It gets wow. better. I sold that house two or three years later for, I'm thinking about one sixty. Okay? Wow. Uh, now, now, now the real pain comes next. I'm pretty sure it's around seven or 800,000 now. Oh that, are, that area is completely gentrified. But anyway, the point is, is that stuff happens, guys. This is mm -hmm. back in the 80s. Remember, the, you guys probably, most of you never heard of the SNL crisis, okay? These things happen. And, and, and Savings and loans, pullbacks, right? Huge pullbacks, lots of defaults, lots of bank or real estate owned properties. And so the key here, especially in this hot market, is to be prudent and stress test. And don't yep. just jump at the first deal. You know, right now we're kissing about 200 frogs to find a, to find a prince yep. right now. So, yep. you know, it, it's, it's just, that's, that's what you have to do. Now, will, there, will it always be that way? No, I, I will tell you when, the, when we hit the contraction, there's gonna be some incredible opportunity. You know, I'm telling my investors we're getting ready and we are getting ready. You know, we wanna keep, we wanna keep cash, we wanna keep powder dry as much as we can. If we see a great deal, great, we'll do it. But uh, if it's not a great deal, we're, we're going to wait. So. You know, and that's a question I get all the time from my investors is, well, should we just wait for the downturn? Well, I don't know when the downturn is going to be. So keep looking. You can it's make money. Sorry, I interrupted. You can make oh, money ahead. in any market, okay? Mm -hmm. You can make money in this market. You can make great. I mean, I just gave you an example where two properties were going to increase the value nine or $10 million, okay? Yeah. So the, the deals are there. You got to hunt for them. You've got yeah. to build relationships. You know, it's the things that I teach at my events. The things you have to do. You have to be ideally willing to do what other people aren't willing to do. You know, you were up till four o'clock in the morning, brother. Who does that? <laughs> very, very few. Point yep. one one point zero 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 one percent. Okay, yep. and but but that's why you're you're already a success, and you'll be an even huger success is because you're willing to do that. There well, yeah, you guys are. You're looking at two hundred deals to to buy one, and and. Right that's a lot of work yes. and I don't think people understand it. And, and so when you say you have a good deal, you guys mean it. And, and that's yeah. what I found out, you know, when I was looking at the Lexington deal, the Shreveport deal, the Dallas deal, I've been around long enough that I know, you know, real estate brokers, I'm a broker, so I can make fun of us where mm -hmm. we want to, we want to get a paycheck. So we're sending sure. out a pro forma. There's, typically there's secondary that's, gain. There's <laughs> that's secondary best gain. case scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So, you guys are not sending out best case scenarios to your investors. In fact, I, I actually invested my own money in Dallas and I believe I'm getting better than what you guys promised. Now I don't want to tell, you know, tell all your investors and listeners that, uh, that that's going to happen every time, but I did appreciate you guys were conservative and, and I verify, you know, I, I, I'm very good at due diligence. I spent a ton of time on due diligence for Dallas and, and I felt like you guys were being a little bit conservative and, and what I want to hit home. Is let, let me say, let me say something. If I'm sorry, I'm sorry, just cause I'll forget, you know, the key, if you're an operator, if you're listening and you want to be an operator is you under promise and over deliver. And that yeah. goes with anything. I mean, anything that you're doing out there in the marketplace, I'm sorry, interrupted, please think, finish. No, your go thought. ahead. No, that, no, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Under promise over deliver and you earn trust that way. Right? right. And so, you know, I've been around long enough to, to really see through um, different investors, different situations, different pitches. And what I want our listeners to really understand is that they should be looking for the guys that are under promising and be very, very wary of the people painting a, 
you know, rainbows and butterfly pictures, everything's going to be beautiful and, and nothing bad's going to happen. Just like we were talking about earlier. There's right. so many syndicators, fund managers, you know, just so many different investment investments being pitched right now where everything has to go perfectly. And they're saying there's not going to be any hiccups, you know, so there are, there are some, there are some big players doing what's yep. called yield yield plays. These are yep. deals that are that are A plus properties. They're they're humming along, that um, that they're banking on the three percent increase in rents every year. Yep. Completely unrealistic because we are heading into a contraction and it's going to pull back. So so yeah. you know whatever in whatever returns there. See that see there's value add and there's yield play. The value add is what we do where we can force the appreciation through our efforts. Okay. Yep. Yield play is you pretty much just buy the property and, 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 and it, try to run it a little more efficiently if you can, uh, but you're banking on um, an increase in rents, market, market conditions to continue to increase rents. And that's the first thing that's, that plateaus and even, it doesn't really go down. I haven't seen it go down, but it plateaus when there's right. a contraction. So those returns aren't going to be there. So right. that's another thing to be careful of. You see a beautiful property. If you're an investor and you see a beautiful property, someone you know, is touting, and there's some big names, I'm not going to name them, big names that are buying these at 200000 a door or more. And One of them's out of Florida, right? Maybe the Miami yes, area? Yes, big one out of Miami, yes. Uh, <laughs> you, you, everyone knows the name. Uh, yeah. Funny guy, I've had him on my show twice. He's a hilarious guy. But, but, but the point is, when, when the market corrects, those returns aren't going to be what's promised. Are they going to lose the property? Probably not, but, they're, but the returns aren't going to be there. So, you know, you're giving right. somebody your hard-earned money, and, and you don't earn a return, you know, it's, it's, it's painful. Yeah, so. no, you don't want to be there. And, and right. the thing I'm also seeing right now is we're losing deals to syndicators who it all syndications, almost like the new, um, the new wholesaling, like everyone wants to do it. They're getting into it. They have no experience and they say they're doing a value add play, but really they're just hoping to, paint, you know, maybe do some cabinets, countertops and raise rents by $200 a month. And yeah. they're doing it, trying to do it in places where that's actually not possible, where the average income is very low and, and that's really not going to happen. And so right. I would be very, very careful on due diligence, you know, like right. the Dallas deal that was, that was easy to see. I mean, you're a block away from the headquarters for Texas instruments. Um, North central Dallas. I mean, you just you, listen, you, you have to apply common sense. Those of you yeah. listening, you have to apply common sense. Okay. And, and the beautiful thing about multifamily real estate is it's primarily numbers. It's primarily empirical. So, mm -hmm. but, but you've got to be, you've got to know what the market rents are on that and, and what you're competing with. So you, so, you know, that's really very, very important. And if you're investing in a deal, if at all possible, you should be out there doing some due diligence on that deal yourself. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, are there projections for rents realistic based on the competition and based yep. on whatever they plan on doing in the in the finishes in these in the in the in the competing properties? So, you know, but 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 the rest of it's common sense. You know, if 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 there aren't any national retail tenants around the property, or you go on mm -hmm. SpotCrime.com and you can see that you're in the hood, you know, and, and these are clues. And so, yep. you know, and 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 the biggest thing with multifamily, of course, is is jobs. And, and, right. and ideally a real diversity of jobs and diversity of job types and, and ideally recession resistant jobs. So, mm -hmm. you know, like, like my example with my properties is I had so many residents in as con that were contractors 
and yep. and they're it, you know that fell through the floor. So you know we look for uh, you know employer diversity, industry diversity, and ideally right. recession resistant industries and employers. That's huge. That's huge. And you know, boy, I'm from Boise, Idaho, and that's one reason Boise did actually get hit pretty hard during the downturn. Is their number one thing for that market is they're a b- amazing place to live, gorgeous place to live, low cost of living. So there's a lot of people moving there. But the number one driving force in that industry was construction. Mm-hmm. Number one employer was construction. And so mm-hmm. they've learned from Utah and they've started courting these companies from California and Seattle, Portland. And now they're much, much more diverse. But that's, I love that you teach, you know, be careful of the one horse towns. You know, that's oh, yeah, probably that, that is not well. a great place to buy. That, that as well, for sure. And, 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 you know, if you've just got one major employer, uh, and even if it's uh, a military base, be very, very careful or, or avoid it because, you know, in that one horse town, if that horse leaves or that horse dies, you're yeah. in big trouble. And, well, and I tell our military base just got huge cuts to help so that Trump can build his wall. There you go. There you go. So, so it's not so as secure as you think. That's what I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, so, so very, that's, that's also very, very important. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Well, well, Rod, so, you know, you've got your boot camp going on, which I think everyone should go to a huge value. Thank you. Um, yeah. So it's, it's rodsbootcamp.com and, and it's just me for three days. Like Sam said, I don't bring in yeah. outside speakers to sell you stuff. It's just me. It's drinking through a fire hose for sure. But the other yep. piece that you didn't mention, Sam, is that I incorporate a lot of the mindset in there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, because it's, the reality is 90% of the people that go to an event like that or buy a course or do some coaching, they don't do a thing with it. And right. not on my watch. Okay. So, so mm-hmm. I, I, we work on fear. We work on, 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 on building an identity so that you, you actually take action with what you learn. We do goals, of course, and b- big exercise on goals and just all these things that will give you the fuel to get uncomfortable, to push through limiting beliefs, to push through fear, uh, and to grab that life you deserve like, you've, like you're doing, Sam. And, and really? so, yeah, I'd love it if you can come to one of my events. And, you know, I've got a podcast as well, if you're listening. We just broke six and a half million downloads, which just blows my mind. It's called Lifetime Cashflow. And, and then if, if you allow me to mention as well, my website, rodcleef.com. I've got tons of videos and articles and books. It's all free. Uh, in fact, I've probably got the most comprehensive due diligence checklist as a workbook there that you can download for free in, in, the, in the business. It's, it, it causes you to ask every question, look under every rock, and it's all there for free. And then lastly, I've got a, a pretty impressive Facebook group. It's the largest multifamily group really on the planet. There's almost 30,000 people in there. Mm-hmm. And if you go to multifamilycommunity.com, it's a direct link to that group. And you guys all know if you're listening that you are the five people you hang around with. So if you're going right. to passively invest in a deal, you should still be in the, in the mix. You should be talking the talk around the nomenclature, learn the nomenclature around people that are making it happen so you can build your knowledge base. And, and if you're wanting to do this as an operator, you should be there as well because you want to be around people that are going to push you, not the ones that are operating from fear that are going to try to hold you back. And that's a great place to do that. So, yep. I love it, man. And, and your Facebook group is fantastic. I mean, I'll, I'll post a question and, and there's so many people willing and able to answer those questions. And, you know, I, I joined your, your um, mastermind group, which has added huge value to me and my good friend, Michael, he joined and he loved it. He was there in Denver. 
Yeah, we've we're up over five billion in assets in that in that group. It's it's pretty, <laughs> pretty awesome. amazing, and and I think we've just landed another billion uh, with one person. Wow. Uh, so so yeah, it's it's a lot of fun because guys, who you hang out with is who you become. So you want yeah. people that are where you want to be because they'll pull you up. Uh, I invite you to create your own mastermind if you're in, interested in this business because again, you want to be around like-minded people. But uh, that Facebook group's a great place to start. Facebook group is great. The, the, the boot camp is fantastic. Like I said, I've had Thank multiple you. friends going. Actually, one of my friends and clients, <laughs> this is kind of funny, instead of investing in a property with me, he went to your boot camp and he joined your coaching program. So oh, I, no kidding. I, 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 I uh, <laughs> that's funny. lost a deal. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, listen, let me tell but, you something. If that happened, he will probably invest more with you anyway because he's, well, he's, he's off making it happen. But I didn't know that. That's, that's funny. No, I, I love it. And, you know, as a real estate broker, I have lost so many commissions and probably lost thousands of dollars telling people to go multifamily rather than single family. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I'm, yeah. I'm absolutely okay because I feel like it's the right thing for them. I love making commissions. I, I love earning paychecks. What I really love is helping people build their retirement portfolios. And, you know, I have seminary teachers who make, I don't know how much a seminary teacher makes in Utah. I have an idea, but not very much money who now they have almost a million dollars in real estate holdings and they're recession proof. They're set to go. And Oh, one thing I, I forgot to mention is, you know, a, a year ago, I was I was panicking because I realized my my in, investors, my clients, had not saved for a potential downturn. They didn't have that contingency fund, and and that's right. one thing I wanted to talk about that right. I just remembered is every one of your deals. You mentioned it. I mean, Shreveport, you have a million dollar contingency fund, right? And it's reserves. And there's some people that think, oh, well, listen, I'll, we'll, just, we'll just do the capital expenditures from the operating expenses. <laughs> and that's a, that's a newbie recipe for disaster. You, you, you have to you know, raise enough equity so that you, you're covered for all that stuff yep. and, then, and then still have the returns that, that you'll get. And that's why you know, these deals are harder and harder to find. But. Yeah, well, and, and so I kind of started doing a poll last year with all my investors that had, had purchased deals. And I said, you know, how many months of working capital do you have saved up? And, and to my dismay, most of them were, said, well, you know, I've just been depositing the cash in my bank account or spending it. <laughs> and they didn't, hadn't saved it, you know, so now I'm teaching them, you know, have three to six months of mortgage payments and expenses saved up before you start playing with that cash flow that, that we've earned you. And so right. it's funny well, because it's, you it's, should, you should have a safety bucket. You know, yeah. even in your personal finances, you should have a safety bucket, a year's worth of revenue, you know, year's worth of bills or whatever it is. You could pick a number, but you know, you should have a growth bucket, a safety bucket, and really a fun bucket. You know, those yep. are those are the financial buckets that I, I try to subscribe to. Uh, so, yeah. Well, look, you know, and, and the thing that I want, and I'm excited for Jeff, you know, he's, he's looking at deals. He and I are still buddies and maybe someday he'll buy with me or invest with me. But he's going to be better off because he's educating himself. And, and the big thing I want to hit home with my investors, clients, listeners, friends, is you don't need to survive the next downturn. What we, we really need to do is thrive. Right. And I thrived during this last downturn just out of dumb luck. Mm -hmm. I uh, inherited a little bit of money from my wife's grandma in, in 2010. And I started flipping houses and they, her family was a little bit pissed off because they wanted me to buy a nice, big, beautiful home for their daughter, their granddaughter. Instead, I bought a disgusting house and 
<laughs> and flipped it. But I, I was able to benefit in great ways because of, because of luck. This next downturn, you are going to benefit in huge ways from having that powder dry and you'll be able to thrive during the downturn. And that's the big thing I think that people don't understand is if you do this the right way, you can make millions upon millions during a downturn. So well, listen, I, I really appreciate you having me on my friend. Yeah. Uh, I unfortunately have a hard stop and, and I'm preparing for Baltimore next week, which is just perfect uh, up, up to my eyeballs, but I've had a lot of fun uh, and it's great to see you. And I love your energy brother. And, and I know you're, you're, you're adding so much value here. And like we say, it comes back a hundredfold. So thanks for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely.